Movies are special effects. Welcome and welcome back to WD Magicast for the week of July 31st, 2022. This is episode 189, WD Magicast, the show about the mouse, the marvels, the galaxy, and beyond. I am your host, Matthew Graken. In this week's show, we will be talking, I'll be joined by Dave, and we will be talking about the Industrial Light and Magic documentary series on Disney+. Plus. What we thought of it, and discuss the six episodes that was gifted to us. I unfortunately don't have a survey this week because I was busy with all the name changes. Yes, a lot of work went to the switchover and it's finally here. Your first episode of WD MagicCast, even though it's episode 189. Like I said, the show's still rolling. Some changes have been, have been made a little more than I was expecting, but I think, I think I'm good with the final product. There's more magic coming your way soon. Stay tuned for announcements as those things will be coming along. And thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your encouragement. Um, it really means a lot to me that we, we're still going and you're still coming along with us. So in the meantime, we'll be back after these words from our friends and sponsors. Hello there, Disney Marvel's podcast friends. This is Anthony King, host of the new podcast, Force Ghost Conversations. Each week, this show will be your home for cozy, deep dive discussions into all things Star Wars. We will break down the latest news, announcements, movies, TV shows, comics, books, and everything else in a galaxy far, far away. We can be found on every major podcast listening site, and you can also join the conversation with us via Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Force Ghost Conversations. We look forward to having you join us around the campfire then for some Force Ghost conversations, and may the Force be with you. And now, on with the show. In life, we find sometimes things start because of desperation or lack of other options. Sometimes it's the needs. Sometimes it's a happy accident of group of people coming together, putting something around, creating something, enjoying creating something, and it leads to something bigger. But enough about this podcast. I want to talk about the new light and magic documentary on Disney plus. And to speak of light and magic, I have to bring on someone who brings a lot of light and magic in everyday life to people as he's doing his job. <laughs> uh, and of course I'm talking about Dave Goldman. Welcome back to the show, Dave. Happy first episode of the WD magic cast. Thank you, Matthew. Happy first episode. Episode one of or episode 189. Depends how you look at it. Let's just go with 189 of episode one. 
you, you could have got a new studio at least for the new episode, you know, for the new uh, show. I blew all the money on the the uh, email address. Oh. <laughs> but no, I, you know, it's, everything seems to be coming along. You know, it's going to be a work in process. Progress, oh, absolutely. But I, but I think uh, you're making, you know, the right decisions, and I'm, you know, I'm happy that you had us all together and did a little, you know, powwow about it. So. It's yeah. it's a it's a very exciting time here at at WD Magicast. Um, I I'm excited. Uh, I get to other people are excited as well. It's just got a very positive energy and yeah. Um, I think things are heading in a very good direction. Mm-hmm. Yes, so. sir. Um, so said the captain of the Titanic. But uh, <laughs> we're not gonna go go there. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no things definitely. Ha- Going in the right direction, and in a similar way, I think this is just it, um, it speaks to the the documentary itself, the Light and Magic documentary. I've only seen the first four episodes, but my understanding, you've seen all six. Yes, I saw all six. Um, and I I thought it was I mean, it's a documentary, so you expect some of this stuff, but I'm surprised with how much archival footage there is. And not so much the extent of them, you know, actually filming. A lot of it focuses around Star Wars, of course, because that, you know, how they came about in the first place. Um, and it really, that's George's, you know, George's pet project. So they're going to focus a lot on the Star Wars stuff. And, and a lot of the stuff that they did came from Star Wars. Right. It's the stuff that's outside of that, of them sitting around having meetings uh, sitting at the editing table and or just goofing off right yeah somebody it looked like somebody was following somebody around with the, the old vhs recorder back in the day well eight millimeter camera yeah and we're just recording every all the actions going on it, uh I'm, I'm i agree with you I'm, I'm surprised about that as well uh but it's 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 a little slow. I mean, it's a documentary. It, yeah. You know, it, it's a documentary kind of to the best point. It tries to make it as enjoyable as possible, but it, it is, yeah, there's no big action. You, you see some of the action from the movie. I just, I love seeing the behind the scenes stuff and them talking about, well, we had to build this and we had to create this. And this is, you know, something that didn't exist or we, we took, um, but one of the cameras, from the Ten Commandments that Paramount was not using but still holding on to, right. they acquired it, repurposed it, and used it to make Star Wars. And uh, you know, all we're talking, you know, editing this out and changing this around. Um, I thought it was it was quite fantastic. Uh, and it, I, I just I love watching that stuff, which is why I always like watching like the bonus stuff on DVDs. Which right. I, I, you know, for me to switch over to just buying stuff streaming, well, no, I, I like my behind the scenes stuff because you know, there's there's the story of that the movie tells you, but then there's the story of how we got the movie, uh, and and this gives you a lot of a lot of that, not just for for Star Wars, uh, the Indiana Jones, some of ET, they they touch on the non. Lucas film and uh, 
Disney Disney uh, productions that they worked on, Poltergeist, like how they made that house disappear in Poltergeist. Yeah, the implosion. Yeah. Yeah, that that blew my mind. Yeah, it, it it's weird. It, it this docu series opens your eyes to a world of of a like you don't realize how many movies ILM did until you like you know what I mean if if when you watch the show then you realize holy crap these guys did a million movies they were the they were the thing to go to they were the studio to go to if you had any kind of special effects to do right and it it was George's idea for them to do that he set them set it up for himself for his own personal use because at the t- at the time when he was making Star Wars, there was no special effects. Right. There's you know there's hundreds of them now. Yeah. You know you, you can trip all over the, with them. Um, but there was nothing like that then. There there was a couple and they all shuddered. So yeah. whenever he needed something, he, you know, well how am I going to do this? I, you know, the, I need this to happen. I need this to happen because I, I can't tell it without without the special effects. So he spent his own money that he got from American Graffiti to create this. He found a couple people that had maybe a little knowledge of the movie business. And they started building things and creating things. Um, it's uh, it's it's an amazing story. But so that so. They left for a little bit and then they came back together and George said, you know what? Why don't you work on some of these other projects? Oh, you know, Steven, my friend over here, Steven's doing something. Can you, why don't you help him with this? And then oh, this person over here, help him with that. So he started helping George's friends, but he kept the company together and they kept on exploring new things and building things. And then oh, when the next, when Empire came out, it's like, oh, okay, come back, come back. And that's, yeah, let's yeah, work he- on that. You caught the part where he, uh, he negotiated with Steven Spielberg about, okay, yeah, you can use my studio, but you got to use it for three movies. I was yeah. like, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, hence the Raiders of the, you know, the Indiana Jones series, you know. And I'd, I'd heard that story before about how they came up with Indiana Jones um, and in some different details uh, in the, the telling. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting story how that came about. You know the American James Bond, but okay, he's a he's a yeah, history yeah, yeah, yeah. teacher, and you know, and, and this, um, but it just makes me appreciate the movie even more. And I always wondered, it's like, how did they make that face melt? Like, I kept on thinking, okay, they had a uh, a grocery uh, grocery store, um, a store clothing mannequin, and just put on some clay and you know, melted it off that way. No, they, they had a a skull and built all the layers. Yeah. So much more detail to that. And what they did, they, they put like a heat lamp on it and then just recorded it in the, the slow, uh, uh, film or something. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was 70 frames per second, which is higher, which is, that's how you create slow motion by you you doing more frames. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you want to speed something up, you do less frames. If you want to slow something down, you do more frames. So right. they put more frames on. Also catches more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever you you do it that way. Uh, so yeah, they they did it that way, and um, it was, and then just you, you got that really creepy yet cool effect at the the end of Raiders, where the the Nazi's face melts off. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and explaining how they did the the uh, the ghost scene and then the the, the smoke. I thought it was funny. I'm like, I I always remember the ghost scene because as a kid that did creep me out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I see one of the models that they used. It was basically a ping pong with this cheesy face drawn yes. on it. Like, Wait a second. That's not the creepy one that comes up to the screen and just, you know, it's a girl's face and then turns into this like skeleton. It just, um, it's not that one. Well, where's that little. Uh, no, but it, it definitely, it, it, this series gave me a different look on George Lucas as well, too, because. He just like I knew he was the creator of Star Wars and and you know the director whatever, but I didn't realize how much trust he had to put in these guys to do to get this movie going. You know what I mean? Because he's out. Like at one point he was away, right, filming the scenes and stuff. While well, most of it, these yeah, guys he's... in California doing all the the stop motion action and stuff, and yeah, you know so here it, he's in London and and was it Pakistan? I think it was. Yeah, uh, we're overseas. Yeah, so he's in the desert. He's back in the London studios, um, filming this stuff, and he's sending over notes. Okay, we we need this, we need that, and they're going, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll we'll mock something up. We'll we'll build it. Um, we'll you know maybe we put this here, and especially when they had to create the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And they're sending over, you know, here's an idea, George. What did you think of that? Oh, I think this one's good. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll work on this. And, uh, you know, he, to create the Millennium Falcon, he picked up two plates and go, wait a second, yeah. this could work. And then we get a direction with it because yeah. it, it, the gaps there, not because there was a skate pod missing, but because so it's an arrow pointing in that direction. Yeah, it was like a, there was a different drawing that he took, but he took the what the 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 the. the Ah, the cockpit and then the satellite dish off, right? And then he put it onto his new design. Right. It was something completely different. Yeah. On the flying saucer design. <laughs> oh. Because it it was the blockade runner. Yes. Um but since that was being used it was almost an identical thing that was being used in It keeps me. I just saw it too. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It wasn't Battlestar, because they actually did stuff for Battlestar. Or maybe it was. It was something, but something else. Some of the the other space programs that came out that space nineteen ninety nine maybe. So it was a very similar thing. So let's okay, let's salvage this off of here because we like that and it's already built. So we'll stick it on the side here because you know, yeah, you know, they had a great anecdotes instead of because we don't want to put it on the left because that's where the Americans drive. We want to make this more of a world audience thing. So we'll stick it on the right because everyone else drives on the right. You know. <laughs> there was on the right side and then to counterbalance it we'll put the satellite dish on the left side so that way there's a you know natural balance yeah and you know the layers and layers of models and they were just buying world war ii you know hobby shop models mm-hmm. uh, oh here's a little part here okay we take this you know paint it silver and stick it in there so that way it's not just on the surface level but it, you had several layers going down into the ship everything seemed to have a purpose yeah. The amount of detail that they put into the just the models alone and and everything um, is, I think, what really gave them so much credibility. Yes. In uh, kind of push things forward. Same thing. Whenever they built the the giant um, star destroyer that's at the very beginning of the Star Wars movie, that's you know we'll make it look good up top, but we're going to make the bottom extremely 
detailed and we're going to bring the camera across this way and they filmed it upside down didn't they the ship yes yeah because the and the you know how they justify okay the lighting is this way and figure out okay this is how the light's going to come so instead if we move the star destroyer it's going to change the lighting on it so we're just going to move the camera so that way the lighting is static on it it's not moving Mm-hmm. So we don't, you know, have to worry about changing shadows and whatnot. Yeah. And we'll pan the camera across things. I mean, the the way that these people came up with it, and they, and you could tell, especially in the the first two, they talk about how much fun they had making them. Yes. Especially they 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 went on to talk about Empire being so much fun mm-hmm. that they, how they were creating everything, where Jedi became a lot more. Um, more about the process and more about the details and uh, okay now we're you know being professionals about it yeah so it wasn't as fun and i think in some ways that does come across on into the movies because mm-hmm. you know you you look at empire and the the original uh new hope where it is a lot more fun and whimsical and you know you can see that they're kind of testing out different things and, and pushing the boundary where jedi to me always feels and this is why I, I think jedi doesn't come across as well is that it is a lot more um uh, they're not taking the same risks right right yeah i got you i know sam i want to say that um Oh, and also to see them talk. Ralph McQuarrie is in it, and to talk about um, you actually see him and how he does the process, uh, his creating of stuff. And okay, we're going to take his idea and then tweak it here and and work with that because he came up with a lot of the the original uh, designs for everything. And even right. to this day, everyone goes back to those original drawings and to draw inspiration of characters or putting out merchandise and was he the one that did the 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 map paintings too he did a lot of the map paintings yeah he did the um cloud city yeah and to be honest i didn't know that even existed until i saw this and that gave me a new like a new new direction in watching it now because i'm like what that's a painting in the background yeah, yeah. He, him and then there was the the other guy um whose father worked for disney who did a lot of the map paintings for like mary poppins and some of the other movies um and treasure island where so it's, it's the same thing so i'm watching that he's doing the painting for hoth mm-hmm. i'm looking at the sky i'm like wait i just thought that was like a, a picture or not a, a someone painted that yeah <laughs> It, it, now I'm gonna watch it again just to see if I can see the lines of like where the picture, the painting ended and started. <laughs> Problem is, you know, they've now gone back multiple times with that uh, digital yeah. paintbrush and guy. You, you have to, you have to break out the the VHS. Yeah, that's the only way to find it because he digitalized everything and just supered it, souped everything up. So we're not gonna catch it. No, no, they, they've cleaned it up multiple times over. Yeah. And a lot of it's still the originals there, but they they've gone through and 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 worked it over and worked it over think of cloud city that they've gone and put in more of a a sky background in times where there wasn't it was more ceiling they've gone actually cut out some of the ceilings and put in the sky backgrounds with some of the digital art and more of a sunset and 
they've they've changed things around and that's something else that speaks to speaks to george is that he's never going to be done with these movies yeah. As long as he can, he's going to go back and tweak it. Every time a new technology or an advancement in technology comes out, he wants to go back and, and, and work it over. I mean, the perfectionist nature that he has. Um, he well, he was never, a, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, he's never going to be satisfied with the end product. Right. Well, when they were when he wanted to switch everything over to digital, I remember, like he said, uh, once they got the technology he wanted – he, that's when he said, all right, now I'm ready for the prequels because now he can digitalize everything. And then in my head, I'm sitting there going, yeah. And then you're going to go back and tinker with with the original trilogy and digitalize that too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it was, it was, I think, a very fascinating, fascinating series. And um, I, I kind of got lost at one point. They were talking about the early days of digital. And they, they had the guys like, oh, so I scanned my hand into the computer and started, you know, doing stuff. I'm like, I, I got a little lost on that, where that went, because it seemed like they, they brought that in and then left it. <laughs> it's like, right. wait, wait, oh, I drew this, you know, here's a cup that we rendered. Okay, so how where is this integrating? Because you didn't use any digital in Empire that I'm aware of. Right. They used potatoes and bubble gum, but they didn't use it. <laughs> 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 but that's the stuff I love, and I love hearing this stuff. That yeah. and he said know. his shoe was in there too, or something. He goes, yeah. right there, that's <laughs> <laughs> so that was Je- uh, I think Jedi. But yeah, yeah. it was like okay, we're going through the asteroid field, so so we went down to the the grocery market, got a bunch of potatoes, spray <laughs> painted them, and stuck them in it. Yeah, but it it is it does a good job of showing the improvement of you know of the technology that they got, you know, with the computers. And, and it showed the struggle between the old school guys and the, you know, the realization that they might be become obsolete because of all this new technology coming in, you know? Yeah. But I think in some ways having this documentary is paramount in, um, in the fact that we would never have the digital stuff. It wasn't for the practical stuff. And yeah, I, to this day, I still always say practical is better than digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as digital has come so far and it has improved and your eye doesn't always know. Like whenever the prequels come out, it's like your eye knows, okay, this is a practical effect. This is a digital effect. Right. Um, and it's getting, it's getting harder. Either I'm getting older or it's getting harder to tell the difference. But the the practical the the art behind it and you know every time they had to push the technology and push the ideas and push how it's done um instead of just coming up with a new software program coming up with a whole new way to shoot the film and you know making sure the lighting hits it just right and okay we built this model we have one shot to get this done Mm -hmm. and if we blow that shot it's another, yeah, you know, five hundred thousand dollars, whatever, and another a, three, know, four months of time yeah. to to redo it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it's just fantastic, and it 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 helps me. It doesn't spoil the magic of the movies for me. No. It helps me appreciate more. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see those credits at the end, going, oh, you know. 
Ron Howard and the, uh, the, this guy and that guy. Um, yeah, I, I missed that. Not actually using people's names. So <laughs> Chrissy yeah. English, uh, Barry Jenkins, Deborah Chow. You know, we know those people, but uh, uh, Richard Eldon, uh, Dennis Murin, John uh, Dykstra. You see those names and go, okay, whatever. Right. You know, they're not as part as Mark Hamill. No, they're in some ways they're actually more important than Mark yeah. Hamill. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill had not saying that he had it easy, but compared to what the, these people had to do, he did have it easy. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. Like how this show gives you a different view of George Lucas because, or or the the crew that he rolled with because they were the heart and soul behind the, the project. Because without them, it never would have gotten anywhere. No. No, we yeah, you know, and hearing Spielberg saying, okay, yeah, he sat us down in a room to watch the early, early rough cut of Star Wars without any special effects in it, and everyone's going, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's George. Oh, no, don't worry. You're going to see this, and this is going to happen. This is, I don't see it. I don't get it. Yeah. But thankfully, they, they, you know, Fox stuck with him and said, "Okay, you, you just keep going with that." Well, speaking of Fox, did you get used to the part where they were like, uh, they didn't want to fund the the finale of the of the of the original Star Wars, like they the whole Death Star explosion and stuff. I think they wanted to to end the movie with them, I guess, just fending off Vader and an end scene. They didn't want to fund that whole last section. Can you imagine if oh, Star no, Wars? Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. No, no, we can't end that way. You know what I mean? Now with the, that, <laughs> but Lucas got them to, you know, stay on uh, on what he wanted to do, and they were able to finish the project. Obviously. Well, in some ways, I, and if I remember this correctly, one of the brilliant things that George did, besides controlling all the the toy and merchandise sale, um, it, the movies are distributed by Fox. So Fox does pay some money and, and get it, but it is. He contra- controls creative and productive rights. So he, he, the movies are his. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much Fox's. Fox is, you know, on, on the distributing arm, and, arm of it. But he gets a lot more say in it. So they can say, this is how we want it. But inevitably, he does get the final say of saying no. Um, but, you know, you always try to make nice and, and whatnot. Because they could always say, all right, then we're not distributing the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but George was very smart that he was funding a lot of this stuff, especially after Jedi, where he, uh, after the original Star Wars, where he had a lot more money and he was able to start funding this stuff on his own. Uh, you know, he's this is all kind of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was as difficult as that is. That was also the smart thing to do. Yeah, well, it was also, I mean, we brought it up before, it was also smart for him to lend out the studio to other other projects and stuff while he was still, you know, contemplating Empire and Jedi. This way he could still have that month, that cash cow rolling in to help him fund, you know, the technology and, and future movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, and, you know, and just keep trying to push, push the envelope, pushing, it's like, okay, well, in the first movie... You can see edit line, you know, mat, uh, mat lines and the stuff. Lines, so yeah. You, yeah, you can see, you know, you have the the X wing flying through, but there's the 
little black uh, shadow around the whole thing as it flies across. So they created a whole new camera thing that took up a whole the whole room to to eliminate that and just the whole process. And it blows my mind. I don't fully understand what they're talking about, but it's just absolutely amazing that they they were able to concept this created and it worked. <laughs> yeah. And even even the stop motion characters that they had to do. That had to be so monotonous to just move the figure, take a picture, come back and manipulate it, just a, whatever, a, a millimeter, and then take another picture. And, you know, <laughs> the Tauntaun, like, he's like, you saw that part, I think, where he's like, yeah. not only do I got to move the head, but I got to move the little, the bags on his on his saddle and, and stuff to go, you know, if he's moving up, this got to go up. I'm like, no way. <laughs> I'm not that patient. <laughs> no, but it, it was... It, you know that the, they did that, and then um, when they made the adats, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, but they they fortunately put in the hydraulics, so everything moved naturally in motion. So all they just had to move was a leg, and the whole thing moved. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, that putting that kind of detail into everything and forward thinking, and, and it pays out. And then you go to Jedi. <laughs> And they're they're laying out the shot and they're using the, the Star Wars figures to, yeah. <laughs> to map out how the shot's gonna go. Yeah, doing the the speeder bike chase down. In, yeah, and yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay, so we had the um the scout trooper on the one, and then Leia is on the other side of the trees. I thought that was actually Carrie Fisher on the the uh, speeder. <laughs> I, no, here's it's a model. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, what was the other? Um, the Rancor. Did you see that? Oh uh, yes, I saw the Rancor. They, they wanted to use that as like a bodysuit. They uh, wanted to be actually, the, the greatest Godzilla bodysuit. Yeah, and that, I guess it was too big and clumsy, so they had to scrap that. You know. Yeah, it, it, but they actually built it. They created. They started yeah. building it. Or <laughs> thinking goes, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, I'd love to have that for Halloween. I like you know that for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's sitting in someone's basement somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then they create the um, the the puppet version of it with the the hydraulic arms and stuff, where it's picking up cup. It's actually able. It's so detailed and well built that it could pick up a cup, pour yeah. it into another cup, yeah. drop it, pick up the other cup, and you know, and manipulate stuff that way. And then they shot the one scene in reverse where where he's eating the Gamorrean guard. I really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just it's just mind blowing. Yeah. What this stuff that these people created and came up with. Um. So so it's a fantastic series. Yeah. You know, it's got some heavy hitters. They're pushing behind it. So Ron Howard, Brian Geyser, uh, who you know he does a lot of crazy stuff and does stuff with uh, with Ron before. Uh, Justin Wickens, uh, Lawrence Kasdan, of course Kathleen Kennedy, mm-hmm. and Michelle uh, Rendwa. Um, you know, you you can tell that they really wanted to make sure this this came across and came across well. And I think it does. And again, going back to you have early day footage of uh, in 
and you have the guys talking, and I and I give them credit to doing this now because here's something that um, Matt's talked about with Henson, where we've lost a number of the original guys who started all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Where these most of these guys are still around for industrial light and magic to be able to tell the stories, right? You know who were there and and did all this stuff. So we have the stories to tell. Because um, when they go, the yeah. stories are going with them. Right. You know, a guy talking about, well, my dad bought a surplus uh, airplane water landing chute. <laughs> Saying, what are you going to do with that? So they turned it into a giant slipping slide. Yeah. So in between, you know, to uh, while they're working, okay, let's take a break. And they'll throw yeah. in their bathing suits. Or they got into look like a dumpster or something that they filled with water to use yeah. as a pool. To, to break up the 14-hour, you know, monotonous days of, of playing with puppets, man. They they had to they had to break that tension, or they go. I would assume they go. Cougars. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely, and it's um, it was it's quite something. And again, and that's the stuff that I'm surprised that we have footage of. And but it just adds to the story, and just adds to understanding what was going on. I wonder, because they didn't really delve into it, uh, John Dykstra, I wonder if there was some other reason why he wasn't allowed to come back for Empire. You know, they obviously they didn't say anything. They just I think Luke, they briefly said that uh, George said that he was in over his head, so they didn't ask him to come back. But, you know, it, it looked like he did a fantastic job. So I'm wondering if there was some other thing that. I'm sure there is. I couldn't tell you what the what yeah. that is, but I'm sure there is. And again, to be to play nice, since he did come on and you know do stuff on the show, I guess we're not going to go into details about that. Yeah. We don't need to rehash. Right, the bad the blood. If, if there was bad blood, yeah. You know, if he did something, someone said something, whatever the reason is. Yeah. Um, that was 30 plus years ago, yeah. 40 years ago. Yeah. We, you know, I we mean, don't need to bring it up for this. They didn't even have to bring them in if they didn't want to, you know what I mean? No. So. But they allowed him to come in, tell him, tell, you know, his stories and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And of course they, they touched on it, but I think they touched on it in a nice enough way that, okay, something happened. You're not going to say what, but something happened. Right. Um, and then you just you moved on from there. Uh, but then you get like the likes of James Cameron, yeah, uh, and some of these other ones coming and going, you know, talking about how this influenced them. Yeah, did you say it was a funny part with, with Cameron because it was one of the effects. I forget what which one what it was, but he he told his wife, "I'm going to make a movie now." <laughs> you know, yeah. after seeing that, he's I like, quit my job. Yeah. You need to support us. I'm going to make a movie. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that was funny. I thought that 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 was funny. Yeah. Um. And there was something else that just caught that caught my attention. Um. Did you get to the Pixar part? No, I didn't get there yet. I didn't get to the Pixar. I, I was anticipating that, but haven't gone there. Um. I did. I, I was in this. Okay, this is what I was gonna say. I remember watching years ago, uh, 
on, on TV where they, they show how some of this stuff was made. I'm like, oh, it's going to be old footage rehashed that we've seen before on previous behind-the-scenes making of Star Wars of how they made stuff. And there's a little bit of that in there. There's a lot more footage in here that I've never seen in any behind-the-scenes or specials or makings of uh, the Star Wars. Some of it, yes, but either you get that clip, but longer, mm-hmm. or you just get a whole bunch of other stuff that i never seen before. Um, I mean, they, they really, really let you behind the curtain here and just exposed to what they had to deal with. You know, they all believed in George's vision. No idea what that vision was. Right. And you know, they just, okay, we're going to keep working at it. We're going to keep it. He's, he keeps coming down on us and yelling at us and, and pushing us. But they stuck with it. I'm sure you asked them back then while they were working on it, they would have told you something different. But mm-hmm. now they're, you know, they're just saying you know, that, that they, how much they, in, by the end of it, how much they were happy with yeah. what they did and um, proud of how it all came out and all came together. Mm-hmm. Which, because I think, and I, I got the sense that they didn't have that much faith in it themselves that this was, this yeah. was going to pan out. You know, but, it's, it's a gig, it's a paying job, you right. know. Right. Get paid for a few months and find something else. Yeah. But and George was able to all like as the technology got better and people left to do other gigs and other stuff, he was always able to bring in you know, top of the line people to keep the, the ball rolling with this, you know. And I don't know if I don't know if it was a combination of him looking for these people or these people applying to him saying, you know, I want to be a part of this, you know, but Nothing but the best guy. I guess I, you know, that was the place to be. So that's where everybody gravitated to. Yeah. And it's one of those where you may not have thought that you start, you wanted to start off or working in this area, but George goes, now, why don't you try doing this? Yeah. Right. And you kind of, and it, which is very similar to what Walt Disney used to do too. You know, you may start it off in animation but then as he started working on the theme parks, he goes, why don't you come over here? I need your help with this. Why don't you work on this? And next thing you know, you're creating a theme park attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there's another similarity between George and, and, and Walt Disney. So you, you get, you, you, you trust in George. I mean, George, again, is a perfectionist. He is very protective of his properties and rightfully so yes these are his his babies um and you you do get a sense of that no one actually comes out and says it Mm -hmm. but you do get a a very much of a sense of you know how much how hands-on he was with everything every aspect of it um I, i i go back to the original star wars that they show you some of the test footage where you see, okay, here's a guy in an X-wing pilot, you know, flying along, and then it cuts to the World War II footage. Yeah. <laughs> that you know was representing of here's here's the dogfight. Yeah. 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 That and it, it, that those reels still exist mm-hmm. amazes me as well because a lot of times, especially stuff from back then, 
you don't think okay no point in archiving this you know you, you we did it it's done toss out all the other stuff wasn't that what he said it was uh he wanted it to be a dog fight in space or something like that a space opera yeah <laughs> it is a space opera yeah. um yeah showing uh um al guinness on the the platform six feet off the ground and then you see the original and then you see it with the the map the map point yeah. on it and you know looks like it's 400 feet down and <laughs> the artist goes why would someone build that i don't know it does, it's not believable but the <laughs> fact that it's there and people buy it yeah that's it what it's about he was he was a foot off the ground probably but it didn't look like that in the movie nope so, but the the I don't mean to, I don't want to spoil it for you, but the the Pixar part was interesting to me. No, go please go. Yeah, the the Pixar part was it because I've always tied Pixar with Disney. I didn't I I don't know I forgot that it was a part of the ILM, but like they mentioned that technology in there, and I'm like, is that the Pixar that we you know know of today? And then they just went on about it. I'm like, ah, oh, it is. So it was like a group of guys that wanted to focus on animation. Yep. So that's why Lucas, he sold it. He sold that section. I don't know if that was to Disney or just another company at the time. Um, he sold it. On, eventually ended up in Apple and went from Apple to Disney. Right. Um, was there somebody else before that? Might have been one other one. I don't quote me on that. I don't. I think it it never be. It ended up at Steve Jobs. Um. Yeah, initially I thought it was an Apple product. I didn't I didn't realize this is going back a while ago when I found out that it was a Lucas um thing initially. Which yeah. I, I didn't realize that. I didn't that I was like, "What?" Now I'm wondering yeah. cuz I the, the question I would have is does Lucas regret selling it back then because he could have made a boatload of money today <laughs> if he still had it, you know? Well, it probably not. But yeah. it's funny how it's funny how it all comes back around it's like they were they set they were two, one company separated off mm-hmm. and now they found each other again yeah they're all reunited yep yep reunited and it feels so good yeah <laughs> yeah I, I um you know they, they show the previews of that uh them working on transformers and then a whole bunch of uh, some other stuff i mean like you said the the amount of things that ilm has had their creative hands in back to the future jurassic park casper all these like said poltergeist et um star trek 2 the wrath of khan yeah that that one i was like what <laughs> you, you, i, I did know yeah. that i i because i remember on a more recent watching of it and i'm seeing through credits I'm like oh industrial light and magic actually worked on this oh i didn't realize that yeah and it's it's just good to see and good you know that back then and the, again that that's when they did some digital stuff and it's like it didn't have to be good it just had to be believable and it, it i remember watching that did i see in the theaters or was vhs whenever i first saw it and just watching it going wow yeah uh, sorry it was a good movie yeah, it's yeah, a fantastic movie. That, the, put the worm in the ear, that always gets me. Man. Oh, that, yeah. 
mind controlling worms. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but in the, the 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 battle at the end in the nebula, mm-hmm. um, just incredible, incredible special effects. Battle Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that too. That you know again all came from ILM. So it has to thank. You know, I, I had someone told me, oh, Battlestar Galactica is better than Star Wars. Maybe, but if it wasn't for Star Wars, you wouldn't have your Battlestar yeah, Galactica. Yeah. So, you know what? Take exactly. that. <laughs> I'll show you Battlestar Star Galactica and give you an ILM to show you that it's. <laughs> Do you think, because, again, they don't they don't go into this either, but did Star Trek, I wonder if Star Trek had any kind of you know, helping George to come up with Star Wars. You know what I mean? Because obviously Star Trek was out at that time. The series, you know, Kirk. The and series all that. came out beforehand. Um, from my understanding, what I've heard of stories that that it was one of the issues that they had with coming up with a name for this that would sell. Oh. Uh, okay. That they had people walking up and down in Los Angeles saying, "Hey." Want to take a survey? What do you think of these titles? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's the it was Star something or, or whatever. Um, and you go, that that sounds so much like Star Trek. That's that thing with Captain Kirk, right? No, no, there's something something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they worked long and hard to try and come up with a name. And obviously, we eventually Star Wars one. Uh, but it it there was many other things that they were they were testing on uh star wars in itself and they, they mentioned in here is more based on flash gordon and the old flash gordon serials right right which i remember going back to my my youth uh watching doctor who on saturday nights on pbs would be immediately followed up a lot of the times by the old flash Gordon serials so i've right. seen some of those uh, so it's it's interesting because it's the same stuff that influenced George to create Star Wars. So it wasn't like Star, uh, George saw Star Trek and said, you know what? Hold my beer. I'm going to make a better. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> uh, but it, his influence is more from uh, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon's, yeah. Uh, but it's it's. Um, it's not without some sort of influence, I am certain. Right. Uh, but there, it, there's a very different style about it. Um, where what it is a lot more narrative driven because you didn't have the special effects. Mm-hmm. It, you have some, but not to that extent and where the other one relies a lot more on the special effects to help tell the story than an actual than uh just straight narrative mm-hmm. so uh but yeah to say that there is absolutely no influence there i i sure george could even tell you know tell you that without you know twitching or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tweaking his eye. no absolutely not um there's got you know got to be some sort of and a lot of those people, I mean, you think of the time in George's circle, you know, again, it's being uh, Spielberg, Coppola, 
And there was one other one that I was like, oh, wait, he was in that group, too. And I, I forgot the director's name. But there was, you know, the, that crew of them coming out of college well, together. The guy that did uh, Ghostbusters, right? Because um, he he was interviewed in there, too. And I think he, I can't remember his name. Is that the guy you're thinking of or no? It may be. That's not Zemeckis, is it? Was it? Is it Zemeckis? It could be Zemeckis. As they said, the name completely escapes me. Um, I'm trying to see. No, it's, I, I'm not gonna be able to pick it out of this this lineup. Um, trying to just look through the credits here of everybody who's in it. But either way, right. you, you, you know, did that crew there that, you know, they did all right for themselves, I would say. You know, the Spielberg guy, I think, you know, one day I think people are actually going to notice him. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and he's I see a lot of potential in Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard, I was listening to somebody, uh, Spielberg made like 80 movies or something like that compared to like Lucas's seven. I'm like... <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and I'm sure almost all of those movies had ILM in them. <laughs> you know? Most likely. Just about. Um, it's, well, and again, it's, it's the friends helping each other out where you even, uh, Lucas had some sort of influence with Coppola. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the, um, was on Paramount Plus where they have the, the docuseries of making of the godfather um there is lucas there is a lucas character that shows up at one point and i i don't think they use the name but that's you know who it's supposed to be right uh, but <sighs> george is more involved in so many other things and he just he just wants to make his stuff yeah well spielberg is making his stuff in other people's stuff mm-hmm um george also not that he was directly involved in making the special effects but when he wasn't making star wars he was helping control you know doing stuff with ilm and getting that's in keeping that business going and he's content with his little world he doesn't need to make all these other movies you know he made thx 1138 uh, which I don't care what the critics said. It was an enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. American Graffiti. And then he made his six Star Wars movies. Um, I think he was involved in. Was he involved in Red Tails? I think he was involved in Red Tails too. Was he, he the the uh, Indiana Jones uh, series? He was involved in that too, right? Or was that just straight Spielberg? He, well, you know, he was involved in that because that technically is his his idea. His right. But he, um, yeah, he wasn't exactly he. So it's kind of like a, a shared production, but really, it's a Spielberg movie. Right. He wasn't as hands on as he would be in in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, he's an executive producer on Red Tails. Ah, there you go. So he wasn't directing. I mean, he 
when you think about it, he's actually got a very short directorial list. Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing. They they got into some more of his past. I mean, they, they got into his college years in that car accident. I didn't know about that yeah. either. Yep. Uh, you know, the fact that he's opening up about that and, and he talks about those things uh, really just helps me appreciate him even more. It doesn't take anything away. It was what he said. He liked to go fast. <laughs> yeah. He, he still likes fast things. Yes. <laughs> what, what was that? Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to have the, the spaceships, but they're going to be going faster. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And what was the the everybody? He would always say to to the people, uh, "What? Uh, just just try it. Just try it. See what? Or, or think about it. Just think about it." Yeah. And then they go and think about it. Like, Damn, yeah. Ah, you're okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> I want the spaceships moving, but I want them moving faster. Right. Or the the reference between American Graffiti and Star Wars, where the good guys are driving the hot rods. Mm-hmm. You know, the piece together hot rods, where the bad guys are. Uh, Driving the uh, out of factory, you know, yeah, fresh off the lot models. Mm. Like, I never looked at it that way, but I guess, yeah, I guess you could say that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um. So I I I can't wait to finish it. I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Uh. The sixth, the last episode, it, like uh, I'm not gonna uh, spoil it for you, but there's too late. They get to the to the more modern stuff there, and there's some technology that they use for the Mandalorian that is mind blowing. Uh, it, uh, you know, Fabro's in it and stuff. Uh, Deborah Chow's in it, so they 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 bring it home to like the newer stuff. Right. And I think they even had George Lucas in there. Like I think they said it was 2018, so he's still. I, I don't know if he's just making guest appearances or, or whatever, but I think he's still somewhat involved, even though he sold it to Disney. So he's he might have sold it, but he's not out of it either. Um. So yeah, he he's not completely out of it. Uh, but yeah, the the new stuff that they've come up with is really changing. The way that um, the special effects movies are made, because and um, McGregor said this himself that when he was making episode two and three and and whatnot, like he would be talking to, he's in a green room sitting on a box talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah, and he has no clue what the things are. You know, in his mind, he's trying to create something, and then when he sees the final product, nothing like what he expected. Yeah, and the performance comes off fine, but now being able to walk around in the this room that has that he could see everything. Yeah, he knows exactly where he's supposed to be and what to look at, and he he gets a sense of the atmosphere. It, the green screens are gone. They don't even use them anymore now. Well, they may, but like just for the very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah most people are using them for their Zoom calls. Right. <laughs> like, all right, I'll give you one more thing. It's, it, I think they call it the wall. 
and you would just walk in and you're just surrounded by, uh, uh, you know, screens and they can put up whatever scenery they want up on this. And it's all crystal clear HD. They can put you anywhere. They can put you on a desert. They can put you in a forest. So basically all they would have to do is just build this little, uh, um, you know, whatever stage that they needed for that scene and just act right there in that moment without traveling or anything. It's it, that blew my mind. I was like, you know, the technology, like I didn't realize they were using that kind of technology for the Mandalorian, but now yes. knowing it, it makes sense. Cause it's like, it's spot on, man. It, it's, it's, you know, production value. You can tell the production value is much better on those TV series that are out now. Yeah. It's, it's the volume. That's what yeah. it's called. Um, yes. That's it. Yeah. And yeah, they're using, they, they use something similar like that, for a couple parts of Rogue One, but they really stepped it up for the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, they used it with Book of Boba Fett, obviously Obi Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka, and, and stuff going forward. It hasn't made its way into the movies yet. Yeah. Oh, but it, it's. I'm sure it will. I'm sure with how well it's it's doing with the um, excuse me the streaming service stuff. In the TV, uh, you know, loosely calling it TV stuff, but the streaming service stuff. Right. It's just a matter of time till they are able to incorporate it into the movie stuff. Because just imagine, especially with like some of the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. uh, or you know, some of the, the upcoming Star Wars projects, or or whatever. Yeah. To be able to use utilize something of that extent. Now, will the cameras? that they use for the movies, which are different than the cameras that they use for the streaming stuff react to the screens as well. Um, do they have to up the, the processing power? Do they have to make the, the, the volume bigger? Yeah, um, they, Cause I know that they've, they've now made a couple of them uh, since they're, they're using, utilizing them so much. Uh, who knows? I mean, who knows, but the fact that they're basically using a giant video game system. Yeah. <laughs> to awesome. create. Because I remember back in the day, kids. Yeah. Back in the day, movie video games, the games based on the movies, always were awful. Awful. Yep. <laughs> Street Fighter 2, John Clamper, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. The video games based, the movies based on video games were awful. The video yeah. games based on the movies were awful. There was. Yeah. No, those you know, I I had the the Batman and Robin game, couldn't get past the the first scene because oh you're supposed to go up this hole, I couldn't do it, my friends couldn't, no one could do it. It's, yeah. you know, <laughs> who wrote this game because you can't play it? <laughs> and you didn't have patches back then. You bought the game and that was it. That you was didn't it, have the yeah. updates up, you know, fifteen yeah. updates and nope. Once you bought that game, that was the game for that the rest it. of eternity. <laughs> You had to deal with it. <clears throat> you, you didn't. Uh, it, it didn't suffer from social media backlash, and then they throw a patch out there to fix the the problems. Nope. <laughs> You're stuck with it, kids. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> but there's a glitch. It doesn't work. Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> you spent your fifty bucks on it. You're keeping it. <laughs> Can't return it now. <laughs> so. So what would you give this series? I guess uh, out of ten, I think 
Out of 10? Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, solid eight, eight and a half. I, I thought it was really, enter- it was entertaining, informative. Um, you know, I had no issues watching it. <laughs> kept me, kept my attention, you know. Yeah, I, I, even though I haven't finished it, I am confident in saying that I would give it an eight as well. Yeah. Um, again, it's a documentary. It sometimes it it does feel very documentary in the way it presents itself. I did find a few moments of hard to follow along or just keep my interest. Right. But overall, it's been an eye opener. Um, I am, like I said, I am glad that they were able to get the, it's not someone telling you the story of these people. It's the people telling you their stories. Yes. And, you know, the people who actually made these special effects that made quote unquote, the magic happen, Mm -hmm. tell you the stories about what it was like, how they got involved, what they did how they felt everything um w- it makes it puts the humanity and in, in the reality into it um which makes it more impressive and much more of a value to society mm-hmm. um to appreciate the craft of the the special effects you know again nowadays it's so yeah not saying it's simple but you create something on a computer, you put it up there, and boom! All of a sudden, you you have a guy in a, a suit in, uh, instead of a, you know, but walking around with dots on his face. Mm-hmm. That came from these folks that labored day in day out, having to create stuff on the fly and take enormous risks. To, to create the special effects in these movies that we've grown up and loved um, that really have changed the way we we view movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, uh, Iron Man, I didn't realize that, like, you know, when he's forming or whatever, you know, that's, that's CGI'd or digital yeah. or whatever, but he's actually just walking around in, like, a red suit, you know, with the dots and stuff, and they yep. CGI him, you know, with the actual armor on. Did not know that, you know, that's one of those things where it gives you another, a different aspect of how to watch it now, you know, is that digital or is not, but it looks so clean and crispy, you can't tell the difference. No, the, the, again, the amount of detail, you know, it's, they started off paying so much attention to detail. That is something that's the hallmark of ILM, um, that has paid forward and they still, the amount of detail, again, the the transformer movies you see the 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 transformer characters standing there as robots but you see, you could look past the points and see things moving in like when optimus prime walks the wheels turn slightly turn. yeah yeah you know and then you see you know pistons and robotic parts moving and turning and uh shifting even when they're just standing still things are moving that there's a life to these things beyond just it would been so easy to just make a block robot like they did. Yeah, back in the eighties. In the eighties, in the animated stuff, because <laughs> you just can't put that kind of detail, right, um, into the hand drawn stuff of, in, with the budget back then. You know, 
but there's just create the additional life that it's more than just a outwardly body but there's you know moving parts inside that are constantly beating and turning and turning and just shifting and you know with the creating the weight and the momentum and everything follows through that is just an insane amount of detail for the human mind to pro- for one human mind to process that someone sat there and go we need to tweak this and we need to turn that and this needs to move and that needs to move yeah it's just absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic and, and credit to them that they they have kept up that level of detail mm-hmm. yep 100% watching this series and 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 hear them talk about that that they were doing this in 1975 yeah and here it's 2022 right yeah. and with disney in charge you know you you pretty much know they're in safe hands that they're not going to falter on that kind of technology that they're going to keep pushing it to you know to become even better no, and again, that, that's something that um, even Walt himself was, you know, well, we're not going to just draw a deer. We're going to bring in an actual deer and see how it moves and, um, you know, study the, the anatomy in the body and how when it moves this leg and this does happens and that happens to just bring that extra layer of detail. And they did it again with the Lion King and you know other movies that where they you know they study these characters to make them more believable and more realistic to to bring in the life details um and you know here in ilm that they do the same thing and it's we are better for it yeah because because well i think a lot of the uh just to bring back jurassic park a lot of the guys the stop motion puppet guys a lot of them were concerned that the computer generated version would not the dinosaurs wouldn't look as good because they couldn't perfect the the skin uh, scales the skin tone and everything of it and then when they actually when they pulled it off and gave everybody the viewing they were like oh crap (laughs) (laughs) this guy just took my job (laughs) no No, puppets yeah um yeah i again in the, the earlier Jurassic Parks, when they did switch over, I thought that the digital weren't quite as good as the the practical, but um, now you can, like I said, you can barely tell the difference. Yeah. So it's in, it's incredible. Um, absolutely incredible. So, yeah, it, it's... I, I'm happy it's there. It's happy it's available on Disney Plus. If you get a chance, if you are especially interested in, in understanding how these things work and are put together and came about, fantastic series. Um, even if you're just a, a Star Wars fan or a special effects fan, take the time, watch this. It's six parts. All came out July 27th. Um, so you could just binge the whole thing. Um, it is very, I like we said, eye-opening, very enjoyable, very well done, and uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Yes, as do I. Dave, thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me again. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure, and we will be doing this again soon. Yes, absolutely.
Well, there you have it, folks. The first episode of WD Magicast is in the books. What did you think of Light and Magic, the documentary on Disney Plus? Let us know. Join our social media. Find us on social media on the web. Our main Facebook page is you just look up WD Magicast. It's got a whole bunch of numbers on it. On Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, we are simply at WD Magicast. You can leave a voice message through the Anchor app or Anchor.fm website and rec- or record a message electronically and email it to email at wdmagicast.com. You can also email us any questions or suggestions you may have for the show to that address as well. Links to all of these, including the Facebook page, are in the show notes. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for also sticking with us during this change. It's been a lot. A lot of things have changed. Fortunately, things were a little bit easier to change than I expected. And you guys on that year end didn't have to do much and just follow along on the ride. So thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for coming back, enjoying the show under its new name with some changes, additional changes. But hey, to every season, turn, turn, turn. Change sometimes is necessary to progress. So thank you. Thank you. Please, go on. If you haven't done so, really, really going to help the show out. Go on to Apple Podcasts. Go on to Spotify. And leave a review. Leave us. We have all five-star reviews on both those platforms at the moment. Keep them coming. The more people, the more your reviews you put, the more people that find out about the show. Also, share it out. Share out. Let everyone know about the new show name, about the change. Share out your links. Let them know about the show. This will help the show grow. And that's that's the whole point with the, with everything that's going on. Growth. Making the show bigger and better and more for you guys. More for you to enjoy. Um, Walt believed in a big Disney family. And so do I. So thank you. Thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have. And the fact that you get to spend this time with us. We really appreciate it over here. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way you always know when new episodes are posted. And while you're at it, consider becoming a premium subscriber. Really help the show out. You can do this over at anchor.fm slash wdmagiccast slash support. Or find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wdmagiccast as well. You can also check out our merchandise shop. Get some cool stuff for yourself over there. Some really cool WD Magicast stuff will be coming soon. It's on its way. You can find the links to all these in the show notes as well. Remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. As I've always said, whatever facing out there, the darkness, struggles, don't give up. Don't ever give up on yourself. Don't ever think you're not worth it. You are worth it. You are you. You are special. You are unique and you are beautiful. Never give up, never give in, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Be your own hero, and let the world see how special and wonderful you truly are, and how much, how much you give to us. Now I'd like to end this week's show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. I want to retain my individuality. I was afraid of being hampered by the studio's policies. I knew if someone else got control, I would be restrained. Again, that's Walt Disney. Thank you again for listening, everyone. 
and I'll see you next time.